I'm not gonna raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drank your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. From near the Dyer Prime studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 20, Oklahoma. Am I recording this the day of the Oklahoma game? No. Am I doing it at night when everybody's asleep? No. Did West Virginia beat Oklahoma yesterday? No. Could fake Larry Bird handle Derek Culver defensively? No. Did Shot Robot hit the scoreboard with that moonshot swish over Austin Reeves? It was close, but no. Was yesterday a great deuce performance? No. Was Taz 100% in the Oklahoma game? No. Did West Virginia make a high percentage of their wide open shots of which they had a decent amount of? No. Could West Virginia guard the Reeves fake Larry Bird pick and roll? No. Did that guy for Oklahoma that made 100 threes in the first game in Norman make 100 threes yesterday? No. Is there a big gap between West Virginia and Oklahoma? No. Did West Virginia give up when they were down nine in the middle of the second half? No. Did Deuce, who's been clutch all season, make either one of his shots in the final possession? And he got two of them. No. Could West Virginia pull away when they were let when they were up three in that first overtime? No. Did Culver make one from under the basket with three seconds left in the second overtime and had, it seemed like, multiple attempts? No. Did Oklahoma have their A game? No. Here's the key. Did Oklahoma miss any free throws yesterday? The answer is no. Did West Virginia make all of their free throws? You and I both know the answer to that question is no. If WVU makes one more free throw than they did, or Oklahoma makes one less free throw than they did, would this game have gone to overtime? No. If West Virginia makes one more free throw than they did, or Oklahoma makes one less free throw than they did, would Oklahoma have won the game? No. 
Did the refs need to review 17 plays in the last 15 minutes of game time? No. Is West Virginia a great defensive team 20 games into the season with this lineup? No. Were they going to go undefeated in a six-game gauntlet that's now become a four-game mini-gauntlet against ranked teams? No. Is West Virginia going to win the Big 12 regular season championship this year? No. Will West Virginia lose the rest of their games? No. Will West Virginia win the rest of their games? No. Will teams in the Big 12 tournament and NCAA tournament be happy if they draw West Virginia? No. Will West Virginia get worse at defense than they are currently? No? Does the result of the Oklahoma game in Morgantown change how I feel about this team? No. Has WVU won every game that I've watched them play in person in my lifetime? I was at the game yesterday, so no. Did the loss yesterday damper getting to see them play in person for the first time with family? No. Random thoughts coming up. Diner Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that I'm a fan of embroidery and haven't had really a reason to talk about my love of embroidery. But now I can. Dyer Prime is in the embroidery business. They've had it for a while. They do professional embroidery. Totes embroidered. Polos embroidered. Hats Nothing like a good embroidered hat. They can embroider other things too. Take a design and they can embroider it on those things and more. Call or text Dyer Prime to find out more. 304-767-4445 or email them. Are you sitting down? You can email Dyer Prime sales, S-A-L-E-S, at dyerprime.com d-y-e-r-p-r-i-m-e dot com Dyer Prime Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Down I gotta give a tip of the hat to Oklahoma coach Lon Kruger after seeing him yesterday I don't know if this makes you a good coach I'm just telling you if I can recognize things that you're doing as a coach that aren't like oh, now they're playing zone defense, then I think, oh, okay, that guy's a good coach. And this is one of the best, is this the best head basketball coach 
conference in the NCAA. I mean, I think six, more than half of the guys in the league have been to a Final Four. I don't know if other conferences can say the same thing. Maybe they can. But Bill Self, he's won a national championship. Beard's been to the championship game. Our buddy Bruce Weber's been to the Final Four. Huggins has been to a couple of Final Fours. Shaka Smart, not with Texas, but with TCU, Final Four. Kruger, been to Final Four with Oklahoma. So, uh, Jamie Dixon? (laughs) He has not. And that's an evil laugh because he coached at Pitt for a while. So anyways, what did Kruger do yesterday that stood out for me? Well, uh, West Virginia had a definite definite advantage in the actual jump ball situations. And you don't have a lot of those in college basketball. If you don't have overtime, it's just at the beginning of the game. So it's Derek Culver versus fake Larry Bird. And I would say in, in, in pretty much every aspect of the game, Derek Culver looked down on fake Larry Bird. I really enjoyed that part of the game. I know they didn't win, but that was satisfying to, for Culver, who really struggled in the game in Norman, to just put it on, of all people, fake Larry Bird. But it's him. It's Culver versus fake Larry Bird in the jump ball. Deuce is behind Culver and to the right. And so Culver's going to get the jump ball, and nobody's near him from Oklahoma. And so Culver can tip it directly or in the vicinity of Deuce and West Virginia is going to get the ball. So he put a little bit of umph on it at the beginning of the game, but Deuce ran it down. West Virginia got the ball. We go to overtime. And, you know, you talk about equally, these teams are, are equal rivals (laughs) to, very equal teams out there. How much equal? How much more equal can you get? Tied at halftime, tied at the end of regulation, tied after first overtime. You know, equally matched teams. I think that's the phrase that people on TV like to say. That's as equally matched as teams as you're going to have, right? It's almost like my the equivalent I can think of is like a soccer match especially like World Cup and, you know, you don't score 100 points in soccer. You're lucky to score a couple. But if the game's tied, they play extra time, their version of overtime. And when nobody scores then, you got to have a winner. In the in the, uh, in the the tournament, somebody's got to win the World Cup, right? So they do penalty kicks. And if you're the team that loses the penalty kicks, it stinks. But there has to be some resignation of like, all right, we were we were equally matched teams today. And now just whatever happens, you know, one team has to win. That's how I felt leaving Morgantown yesterday. One of those teams had to win. Yes, West Virginia had tons of chances to win. Uh, but you look at those... <laughs> You look at the box score, it's tied at every part where you keep track of what the score is. 
except for the end, and they lost by one. Anyways, so Deuce gets the first tip. You go to overtime, another jump ball situation. Deuce lines up in a similar spot. No, no Oklahoma guy around him. Culver wins the the jump ball. It goes to Deuce. West Virginia gets the ball first in overtime. Second overtime, Culver or Culver Kruger. He says, "You know what? I think this third time I'm going to put somebody near Deuce." So he does. Either Culver recognizes him or he doesn't. Either way, he's thinking, I'm going to tip it to Deuce. He does so in Deuce's vicinity. Oklahoma guy beats Deuce to the ball, runs down, scores the basket, gets fouled, makes the free throw. And so you start the second overtime, Oklahoma up three. By a coaching decision, as simple as, uh, we know where the ball's going. Let's get somebody in the area so we got a chance. And then Gabe, poor Gabe, he was great for him at the free throw line versus Texas Tech. Came came crashing to earth yesterday, 0 for 4 at the line. The second time he went, it was late in the game. And Derek uh, Lon Kruger, after Gabe misses the first free throw, he ices him. He calls the timeout. And you don't, that's more of a football thing to ice a kicker, give him time to think about it more. But he did it in the, he knows that Gabe is not good at shooting free throws. So it might not be a mental thing, but if it is a mental thing, Kruger was like, you know what? Let's make him think about it more. And he missed it. So that's four points that Oklahoma gained by simple coaching decisions. And the and the the most simple coaching decision Lon Kruger had yesterday was, you know what, West Virginia struggled all season with pick and roll, at the top of the key in the middle of the floor. Let's get Austin Reeves, let's get fake Larry Bird, and let's run pick and roll with those two guys every single time down the court. It's not complicated from Kruger's standpoint. Like, let's run, you know, let's, we might do other things after that, but let's start with that and see what happens. And Huggins tried to counter, you know, he tried to switch that. And then it was Reeves driving against Culver or Gabe. Sometimes Huggins was like, all right, well, let's put a smaller guy on fake Larry Bird. So we get a better matchup out of the switch. And then that guy got burned. Sometimes he fight through the screen and then they still got burned. I mean, Reese had a really good day yesterday, but it all, <laughs> it, as a coach, you see that and you're like, well, why run other plays? <laughs> I can get to where we can run a pick and roll with these two guys. It's not like fake Larry Bird had a great game, but the threat of him it was he Kruger just said, let's do it again. And in person, when you run the, the same play over and over and over again, it's frustrating because you're watching them. You say, Yeah, I guess I'd do that too. <laughs> Begrudgingly. All right. You know, Oklahoma 
the only time West Virginia has lost to Oklahoma in the last few years is that one time that Brandon Knapper went off as a freshman. That's it. Uh, so Oklahoma, bad matchup for West Virginia. And even with that, all that being said, you know, it was a one-point game. Anyway, thoughts from the Coliseum? I can report that the new seats are comfy. It's nice to have cup holders. Beware the cup holders are at ankle level. They're right behind the seats in front of you. So that's a tricky position. (laughs) What I'm saying is, and if it hasn't happened, it's definitely going to happen when they fill up the Coliseum. These two things are going to happen. Somebody's going to get a white claw or whatever substance in their hair from a fan seated behind them. (laughs) Either grabbing the white claw, grabbing the Zoll's frozen lemonade. That's happening. It's in the dangerous territory. Also, hey, my seat's in uh, seat number seven and doing the dance to get to the middle of the row. There's going to be a (laughs) – and that was happening anyways. Before the cup holders, drinks would be on the floor. I'm sure that's happened a time or two. If everybody utilizes the cup holder, that puts it more into play. And then another thing that's going to happen is that you're going to be watching a basketball game and feel like a bug is flying at the back of your head. And when you slap the back of your head thinking it's a bug, it's going to be a human hand. (laughs) (laughs) reaching for their Coke Zero. Again, I like the the addition of cup holders. Those things are definitely in play now. Uh, The scoreboard is new, and it's super nice. It's gigantic. All the things you've heard about the scoreboard are true. The video is clear. You know, the pandemic experience at halftime, especially at halftime, you notice this, uh, you're not going to have halftime entertainment like the Bitty League basketball or if they spring and get the guy throwing Frisbees for a dog or a Red Panda, Google Red Panda. Like You're not getting that. So it's the 50-year anniversary of the Coliseum, and they showed like a 15-minute video of things that's happened in the 50 years of the Coliseum mostly geared towards things that happen during timeouts and stuff, things that the fans were doing. It's really more fan-focused than player-focused, which was interesting, interesting decision. But anyways, the screen is so nice, it's like you're watching a gigantic TV. Which And it always felt with the other scoreboard like you're watching video on a scoreboard. So... Like the new additions. Listen, watching a basketball game live during a pandemic, it's different. There's no way to get around it. And I'm sure people who went to the handful of football games that people could go to was weird. You know, I told you halftime is different. There's no Kroger shopping cart game. There's no Biddy League basketball game, as I mentioned, at halftime. There's a virtual t-shirt toss. There's no you can't have a t-shirt gun in a pandemic. 
no pep band. All the music is coming from the speakers. No student section. No rolling out the carpet. You can't roll out a carpet during a pandemic because that involves lots of people being close to each other. The mountaineer and the cheerleaders, the people who are supposed to to get the crowd engaged, they're quarantined in the corner of the upper section. And they did a great job, but you're limited. (laughs) When you're doing the let's go in Mountaineers and you're doing it from one corner, you're actually doing like mental geometry. I'm like, all right, so which half is let's go and which half is Mountaineers where it's very clear if you're doing it from the court in the middle. You know they were they were they were quarantined in the corner of the stadium of the Coliseum. You don't see you know one of the markers of watching a basketball game as far as where people are at is looking for the sweater, looking for the Jay Jacobs sweater, and Jay Jacobs can't be near the court because of because pandemic. Uh, so Tony and Jay not courtside. I kept looking for them. They they were not going to show up. No post-game interview with Huggins after the game. It's on the radio, I'm sure, but they don't have, like, the everybody gather around and listen to Coach Huggins talk to Tony. The positives, listen, you only got 2,300 people or however many were there. there. Parking is great. (laughs) Parking is fantastic. You didn't have to pay for parking. Uh you go like where everybody typically goes to get to the Coliseum, like everybody on a on a Monday or a Tuesday afternoon. If you were going to the Coliseum, everybody goes that way. And one hour before their game, there's plenty of parking. There's no line to park one hour before the game in your car waiting, or Lord forbid, go up on the hill. No long line for bathrooms or concessions. Concession line looked long, but people were trying to socially distance. So if you see that line that long, non-pandemic, it's going to take forever. In a pandemic, you're only like the fourth person back. So that's nice. And people were minding their P's and Q's. People were wearing their masks. No major problems with people foregoing their masks. Uh... But this will be, of all the games I've seen West Virginia play, this will be the one that stands out. Like, remember that time? I don't remember who they played, but they you remember the game where we all wore our masks and stuff? I hope that's the case. I hope we're not wearing masks next season. It was interesting. Final thoughts coming up. Unreasonable Doubt is on the social media. On Instagram, at UnreasonableDoubtWV. On Twitter, at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook, go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it! Interact with the show. for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The next game is a week from now, theoretically. 
West Virginia most likely not going to play Baylor this week because those games were canceled. Uh, they still have two home games to reschedule. Home for TCU, home for Oklahoma State. Uh, I don't know if one or, or both of those are going to happen. It, it seems like it's going to be tricky. So let's just say, as of right now, the next game for West Virginia is Saturday, Austin, Texas, facing Texas. Now, our arena looks like an apple pie or a spaceship or or a, a crown, a queen's crown. Texas's arena looks like a snare drum, and it only looks like a snare drum. Or it kind of looks like those candies you see at Christmas, like the peppermint candy that uh, you bite into and it, it becomes soft. You know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it, there's no red stripes on the actual arena for Texas. Let's call it the snare drum. Texas beat West Virginia in Morgantown on a last second wide open three by Andrew Jones. Since the West Virginia game, Texas is three and four. So they came back to earth a little bit. Their three wins have come against Kansas State. They beat Kansas State twice. And they won yesterday at home against TCU, who's bottom part of the league. So nothing great. They definitely come back to earth a little bit. Uh... West Virginia has lost five of their last six versus Texas. They haven't won in Austin since Tariq Phillip and Nate Adrian were on the team. But they they have won there before. It's not like Kansas. It is possible. And But that's not great. And so West Virginia swept Iowa State, swept Texas Tech. They've gotten swept by Oklahoma. So it'd be nice to not have multiple teams sweep you this year. So let's see what happens. And both teams, oh, I, I, the NCAA, and I didn't notice this till I got back home last night. The NCAA came out with their, hey, if the tournament was played today, this is what the seating would be. And they showed the top. 16 teams and West Virginia was a three seed and I believe Oklahoma was a three seed so really close together I believe Texas was in that top 16 Baylor a one seed for sure a lot of big 12 representation in those top 16 teams so and Texas was one of them so uh, another this is the last of the mini gauntlet. So West Virginia 2-1 and one in the mini gauntlet. Let's see how they do at Texas. Or maybe the Big 12 breaks up the gauntlet with the makeup game in Morgantown. Uh, I don't know. Nobody knows. Huggins was asked about it. He definitely doesn't know. We'll all find out together. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pandora, Amazon Music, CastBox. Subscribe to the podcast. Hit the subscribe button. If it says follow, hit the follow button. Do that. That helps you get the show. I don't know if you want that or not. 
I want you to do that because I think it helps the podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Dow WVU for the 2020-2021 season. They're 14-6. and six.